Hey, welcome back to Season 3 Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we have back special guest Andrew Tufto of the Everything Junior Hockey TikTok, as well as Andrew, you have something else that you just recently started. I do, yeah. We um, we started a podcast, um, Everything Junior Hockey, just kind of a an offset of the TikTok page for not everyone that you know uses TikTok or enjoys it or likes it. So um, it's out on Apple and Spotify. Awesome. So everyone, give a listen to Everything Junior Hockey, the podcast. If you're not into TikTok, and even if you're into TikTok, go give them a listen. Uh, it's been it's been a fun listen so far um, at gym time here for me because that's when I listen to all my hockey podcasts. But we're gonna really just break away from that super quickly and now just talk NHL because that's what this whole episode's about. The NHL trade deadline just wrapped up steve i know you've been chomping at the bit to get your opinion in and so andrew steve go for it let's see well, what here's happens. the first thing for you boys <clears throat> because this just goes back to last time we were on here andrew jordan greenway trade how'd you feel about that hell yeah yes thank god honestly <laughs> okay. thank god honestly <laughs> i him, called it <laughs> him or dumba him or dumba i was like you know what finally finally we're doing something right i loved it okay so what's funny though is okay so that's from the sabers perspective from the Minnesota Wild perspective, what do you think of that trade? From the Minnesota Wild perspective, I would be coming down Bill Guerin's freaking throat, I'm sure. <laughs> from from anyone in Minnesota, I think you sit there and think, how in the heck can you trade away, you know, a, a young prospect like that who, I mean, again, sure, hasn't done a whole lot. But then again, I mean, what are we doing? We're giving away young prospects for what? You know, a preezy suitor situation again or or a bad Zuccarello situation. I I just think, what are we doing? It's a second and fifth round pick, right? And here's the thing that I'm going back to, because not everybody's going to turn out to uh, your leading scorer on your team that's going to break 50 goals easily on Buffalo. But don't give up on young players so quickly. Right. <laughs> right. Now, the only other thing that I can think of is they're like everybody else going, our window to win right now is shortening before they have to blow up the rest of it and start start over like that would be the only reason but then you don't trade away good young talent it's it's kind of mind-numbing to me um yeah i mean i don't know i mean like the wilds window to win though i mean honestly right now with like you know kaprizov and you know they have sammy walker down in the ahl system so it's like our window to win probably isn't for a while. Why are we getting rid of another young guy? For, I mean, that's just from a Minnesota perspective, too. You know? Yeah, no, but that's what I look at at these, right? Because I, I said to Chris, the more fascinating thing right now are, you know, actually what I appreciate are the teams that were like, we're, we're, not, we're not winning this year. There's no way in hell we're going to win this year the way they East loaded up. Um you know, you can just look up the straight up matchups. It's not going to happen. Kudos to the Washington Capitals for going, ah, okay, we're going to start selling because they just knew that if they broke in, they happen to be one of those wild card teams, you're done in the first round. You're, or maybe you get, you know, some things click, you're going to the second round, but you're not making it past it. Right. Bruins are disgusting. And, oh. but now I'm going back to this old thing. Uh, that really pisses me off. 
Long-term injury reserve. All of a sudden, we've got an injury that's going to keep somebody out until the month yep. of April. Here we go. Here's the capture convention, right? Mm-hmm. And it pissed me off when Tampa did it. It pissed me off when Detroit did it. It pissed me off when Chicago did it. But here we are again. How can we not pass a rule that they have to ice the salary cap during the playoffs? Hey, go over. Go over on your budget. They get truly, if Taylor Hall is really injured that bad, that needs to be on LTIR, okay, great. Get your players at the trade deadline. No problem with that. But when you ice a team for that for the entire playoffs, they got to be cap compliant. It, it makes right. no sense to me how you just throw this rule out during the playoffs. Like, oh, doesn't matter anymore. It's the playoffs. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think hoax. Honestly, like you saw Tampa do it. What happened? They won the cup, you know, twice when they had it. I mean, I I call hoax a little bit there on it. I don't know why they I don't know why they don't get rid of it. Yeah, it's just it just taints the whole season. Like, what's the point of playing the season? And let's just let's just skip the season, load up a team for the playoffs, and let them out and just do the playoffs then, because right. the rest doesn't mean anything, right? <clears throat> yeah. So, especially you know what was frustrating was the COVID seasons when you had all those extra players that they allowed you to have the taxi squad, right? And then they were doing all these little moves to stay cap compliant during this like little little paper transactions constantly, right? Sending guys down and guys that could have got picked up because back when Paul Byron was healthy at 3.5 million or four, whatever he's at, he was playing good hockey. Somebody was going to snag him and teams were playing games with the guy that going, look, he's he's not good enough for a team to worry about all these cap issues right now. Right. That we have to take him, that we're going to snag him. Right. But he's good enough that you just hope like hell nobody touches the guy. Right. So, um. All that crap happened to see Tampa go 15 mil over. Now, everybody can say I'm bitching and moaning about it. It's the rules. It's ridiculous based on the rest of the season. Now, interestingly, the Toronto Maple Leafs, any other year other than this year, had they loaded up the way they loaded up, I would have said, okay, they're they're getting past the second round. They're going to do it. But, man, what a time to go all in. Um, You guys, do you think – the goaltending tandem for Toronto matches up to the goaltending tandems of Tampa, uh, Carolina, or um, the Boston Bruins. Ooh, Tampa, I don't know. Boston, I, I mean, no. I don't know about. Yeah, no way. Not not Tampa. I you know, and I see Carolina. Boston, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I'd take Carolina for sure. I mean, Boston got so much better. Like, the Bertuzzi trade for me was a completely, like, under-the-radar move, I think, in my mind, too. One of the state's favorite players. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not a huge fan of that whole family. Um, (laughs) But um, Did, Did you see, though, did you see the video going around where he had no tape and no knob on his stick? Oh, yeah. In the penalty box? Oh. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've never seen that before. And like and somebody said, that's a true, ta- you know, true son of a psychopath. I'm like, yeah, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. There you go. But. Right. OK, so Steve Eiserman, don't know him personally, seems to be able to build w- build winners. What's going on with Bertuzzi as you know, as to why he was like, ah, Eiserman was just willing to part with him. Because at first they were holding on, thinking they could get into the playoff spot. There, right. there's a possibility, but they're going to get destroyed first round if they if they do it right. So what's with Bertuzzi to get dumped off like that? You know, like what's what's the thing? Is he just really that unhappy? Is he I don't the know. in the locker I mean, room? 
I can just think the the tank for Bedard, I guess, honestly, because I mean, you you heard Lark and you know talk about Bertuzzi. It's like I, you know, he wasn't asking to get out, as far as I know. So why again, like, is this a Minnesota Wild thing all over again? Like, we're just gonna get rid of young talent and just sell, you know? Yeah, it's a 2024 first round pick, but like Boston's Oof. not going to like Boston's going to lose a few players next year. Like they win the cup, well even if they don't win the cup, you've got a couple guys, you know, peeling on back. They got a lot of unrestricted free agents. And then they just signed mm-hmm. Pasta to that big deal, right? So how good are right. they going to be next year? Well, they got a good core of guys together if they're all willing to stay within the budget, they work it on out and guys are willing right. to take it. Hey, kudos to them. Be a powerhouse. Right. But yeah. it's going to that team's yeah. going to be interesting. Because um, I don't know if they can even re-sign Bertuzzi, right? So maybe this is just like, right. hey, one extra guy for a push. Right. Yeah, but, which, I mean, we've seen that a hundred times, right, going into the playoffs, too. Yeah. So I, it, to me, it was just interesting now, right, because, it, you know, of how trades have really developed, right? So now when you want to get rid of that decent player and you were, you know, and say five years ago, you got rid of a decent player and you got a pick for them, right? And you got something pretty good. Right. Now right. it's, uh, you're paying to get rid of some of these guys, right? Oh, cool. this guy that's yeah. at 4.5, that's sort of underperforming a bit, but it's been a good solid NHLer, you know, their entire career. Will you take a third round pick to take them off our hands? Sure. Right. Yeah. It's astonishing. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the elephant in the room here where Chicago got absolutely hosed getting rid of Patty Kane, I mean, that, you know, that's that's something that's just unreal. Yeah, but, okay, so in my opinion on the Patrick Kane thing is that's the respect trade, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you've been with our organization so long, you don't want to be here. Right. You want to head on out because you're sick of this rebuild stuff. So we're going to take care of you a bit, you know, and we're going to let you go. Right. So um, because New York had nothing else to give. Right. At that point. Right. Right. I agree with you. Now, a healthy king, because that was the other thing about him. Right. He did nothing up until the last two games he played in Chicago all season. He was I watched him against Montreal two weeks ago and you couldn't tell that Taves or Kamer on the ice. I feel horrible for Taves to have to end his career, you know, due to, you know, what sounds like long term COVID. Um, That sucks. You know, really sucks for him. But the truth was, you couldn't notice him out there anymore. So it was that time for him. Right. Right. If he was healthy, you probably still could. You know, he probably still would have been that guy, the trade deadline that would have fetched you something. Imagine taking caves as your fourth line center. Wouldn't be too bad. Right. Um, Yeah. So I think they did some of that for Chicago. But talk about a team like of all the teams that said we are going to tank this year. (laughs) because <laughs> so, yeah. Batman said there's no taking no story the Chicago Blackhawks chose in the offseason they were going to tank right. they were going to produce like one of you know a very bad roster dump off all their talent and then go all in Bedard right? right do what they did years ago and suck for probably five to six years and build up all these first round picks and then build that core again and go out right right, um, right. that's how they got good before um, yeah. but Again, the East, like, my goodness, like, the trades that came out of here. Like, this was the busiest trade deadline I've ever seen. And there's teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins where I was like, okay, you're trying to get better, but you're not there. You're not there. You're going to get eliminated. So why why are you going all in? Like, that's why I respected the Capitals. I was like, good. They recognize that we're not going to do this. And, my goodness, these other teams are so good around us. 
Now, going right. back to the Maple Leafs, okay? Again, Ryan O'Reilly trade didn't make sense at the time, but then they went and got stronger on their defense, right? Yep. They went and loaded up, and I went, okay, you know, any other year, I think that would have been a scary team. But right now, Austin Matthews isn't playing. Like, is the, is the guy injured? Like, he's right. just not performing, yeah. you know, you know, to the level that he's that you, we would expect from him, right? I think he's at, what, 21 goals this year? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and then the McJesus on the, like, I, I hate when they compare players, right? Because there's just no... Right. In my opinion, no need to go and com- you know compare players because one has nothing to do with the other. But McJesus is just on a whole other level. And with the yeah. trades they made, I went, okay, so you got a great big stay-at-home strong defenseman. Well done. Right. Well done. Right. Okay. What a friggin' pickup. Right? Then right. they go out and they get Bukestad off of the Coyotes. And I went, he's a big-bodied forward that's not scared to go into corners. Now, the only right. thing with him, because I watched him play last night, it's just gelling with his other teammates, right, getting some rhythm going. But I thought right. that was a solid pick up to the point where I'm like, in my opinion, the Oilers are the scary team going into the playoffs. Their question, once again, is Skinner going to be good enough to do it? Because Campbell got shellacked last night. Ooh. Right. That was yeah. a fun game to watch. If you're if you're if you love watching goals go in and not a goaltending battle, that was the game to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean Bukestad, that- he's he's been a suitcase though. You know, like he's been everywhere. Like what, like what Florida, Minnesota? He was somewhere before that. Like, is he gonna find a home now? You know, in Edmonton. Yeah. So you know what? This is what's interesting about Arizona. <clears throat> It gives you the chance to shine right now because you just don't – there's no expectations for you, right. right? Go in, play the game, get along with the boys in the, in the locker room. That's it. That's your expectation right now. Just play the game, right? right? So he looked pretty darn good to me. And sorry, going back to Matthews, he's got 28 goals this season. But still, okay. way under where you would want him to be at this point, right? But he's Austin right. Matthews. He can go pot, you know, four goals in the game and jump right back up. And there's nowhere he's catching anybody in the race, but he could get goals, right? And if he gets right. hot in the playoffs, where you want him to get hot, hey, who knows? But um, right. but anyway, so, yeah, so back to the Coyotes. So dumping off the players. I love the brothers swap, by the way, between uh, the Ritchie brothers, between Calgary and Arizona. Uh, talk about an ideal trade, right? Just moving to each other's houses. There you go. Right. <laughs> Don't need a realtor involved or any of that other crap. Right. Um, but, you know, that was interesting. But like I said, that me watching these trades, like I was blown away by it. But my very first instinct, again, going back to it was, God, the Bruins are just too damn good. Like this is one of the best hockey teams assembled in a really long time. And that really pains me to say this. Like, Chris, are you gagging a bit right now? Yeah, I've just I've been so silent this whole time. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying you about the birds excited. right now, right? Are you just seeing back going, ooh, ooh It, pain, it good. pains they're, me they're to hear it, too. It, yeah, it, yeah, honestly, any team, Toronto, Boston, Montreal, not so much Ottawa. And really, the Florida teams are just the Florida teams. I know they're in our division. Oh, yeah, Detroit, I think. I don't care. Truthfully, when it comes down to it, I hate the Boston Bruins. I really, really do. They do it right. You can't argue that. And what they built and every asset they every asset they acquired made sense. And every single time I saw Boston make a trade, I'm like, ugh, they just got better. (laughs) Like I didn't think it was possible. Ugh, they just got better. And so, 
it's disappointing as a Sabres fan. I'm just hoping that if we do, you know, as both Andrew and I are Sabres fans, I hope that if if we do make the playoffs, we just don't have to face Boston in the first round. We're not making it past the first round if we make the playoffs. I just don't want to get Bostoned. That's it. Like, yeah, I just right. don't want it to be that team that takes us out. Oh, you know what? I I'd still rather be Boston and Toronto. I I do feel like I hate Toronto. <laughs> yeah. I really because yeah. then all those all those damn Leafs fans come down and it's like they should just do what the N- they should do what the NFL does and just say that no visiting no visiting team fans can buy tickets to the game. <laughs> well, they did. They were doing that at one point. Isn't the it Tampa Bay, right? That. That shoved people I, out of their little fan section yeah. as they were in another jersey. No, yeah, crazy. that would. Yeah, no, yeah, if if, if Toronto's capable of filling the stands in Buffalo, all power to it. You know what? If Buffalo right. fans don't want Maple Leafs fans in our arena, show up to the game. Sorry, show up right. to the game, buy the tickets before Leafs fans can. Otherwise, get outshined by Leafs fans. If I had to pay what Leafs fans had to pay for tickets, I'd be coming down to Buffalo too. Well, you know what's funny about the Buffalo tickets, yeah. though, is the uh, you know is the fact that you know I can guarantee you a season ticket holders got those tickets every time Toronto comes to comes to a game. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna make triple <laughs> you know off of this oh, ticket. Oh God, I'm selling. Could you imagine? Seriously, <laughs> well, yeah. The one that I don't understand, guys, is the is Pittsburgh and Grandland. Like the guy's been on the decline ever since he went to Nashville. And like, what are you doing? Like, am I the only one that that didn't think this was a good one? None of it's been good. Like, okay. <laughs> when they acquired Jeff Petrie from my Canadians and we got something for him, like, and the something was Matheson, okay? Right. A young puck moving defenseman that looks stellar on my team right now, who's getting a lot of minutes, you know, who I'm really excited about. And the reason why I think they went for Petrie was because two years in a row in the playoffs, Petrie was scoring huge goals and playing big against Pittsburgh. Petrie didn't right. show up this season until like a couple of games ago. He just got two within two goals within 25 seconds, but he's not had a good season. Um, yeah. It's just, it's like Ron Hextall. Some of these GMs get stuck, you know, in that mode of, my goodness, that player was so good three years ago. Yeah, look what they're doing right now. Right. Look at their age and really do you think your team's going to be able to, you know, you know, you take that risk on a player every once in a while hoping they're going to revamp their career. No. They've been doing too no. much of that, way too much right. of that, to the point yeah. now when you look at the like Nick Benino, they just grabbed. Yeah, you're going back to your playoff glory of how many years ago did they win a cup again? Was it like six or seven years ago? Was the last time they won a cup? Maybe a little bit longer. But they're yeah, going I back, think it's about been about six. Yeah. So they're going back to that glory time, trying to hope to reestablish that, and they didn't get again. They didn't give up that much for Benino, right? a fifth and a seventh, but it's still like your young prospects to develop your system. Right. And sometimes you get those hidden gems in those rounds. Right. Sometimes. Right. So yeah, I don't understand. They should be a sell. And I said this to Chris about the selling teams, like, you know, because right now you look at the East, um, Ottawa. Can, is, can we also just really quickly yeah. interject here? Yeah. Because we're talking about the Grandland trade. Can we just talk about how, Basically, Nashville fleeced all these teams for so many trades. It's rid- like so many picks. It's ridiculous. Oh, like what for so what Nashville many. gave up? Nashville fleeced oh. teams. Oh yeah, no, they they their GM did a they, that. So, but I go back well, to the Tampa. Isn't, that, isn't this what's his name that? Janelle, well, isn't this this? I know that was a that that was yeah. highway robbery. But when because you go back to that, like that doesn't make sense to me. But who's it? Is it Bill Polian right now who's retiring and he's handing the reins over? 
he yeah, back he's to his giving it yeah, over to uh, the old coach. To who? The old coach. Is he? I can't yeah, think of yeah, his one, name. The one that What's went and coached his? the Capitals. The one that was originally he's with short. The, oh, he's got the very, very balding head. Trots, yeah, yeah, yeah there Trots. Yeah, yeah, Trotz yeah. is yeah, Trotz has taken over, which makes sense. He was with that organization for how long? Knows yeah. exactly how that GM thinks, right? right. So, so here, we'll talk about Nashville on this quick one, right? Because they're blowing it on up. Do you go trade Soros knowing you could get top, top value for him? Do you trade Soros? Because right now, Chris, how much would you kill? Oh, both of you. How much would both of you kill to have Soros be a Buffalo Saber? Right now, I'm not willing to give up that much for him. Sorry. I, I think he's an amazing goalie. I'm not. But right now, we still have Devin Levi coming up in the pipeline. Saros is really good. right. I need a guy who's going to be really good for a couple of years, but that we can just then move on. Like Saros would be amazing yeah. Buffalo Sabre, but I think it would be harder for us to, as developing Devin Levi to remove Saros for Levi when we can definitely move someone who, like, Again, just Mark Andre Fleury, that type of player, a Mark Andre Fleury right. who's got a couple good years left in him, and then he's really just going to be done. And I know people knock Mark Andre Fleury. Sorry, I'm a Mark Andre Fleury fan for life here. Um, and Chris, Chris does get a little like sentimental with trades. If, if Chris and I were co GMs on a team, we'd be having a sentimental talk to each other every once in a while. I'd, I'd be, <laughs> oh, we would, but I'd be building my team around Mark Andre Fleury. Just <laughs> but no, I, I just feel like. Uh, we, I would love to, but I just don't think that's the right long-term move for Buffalo unless we know we're planning to flip Saros down the road when Levi's ready to take over because I'm not willing to lose the real future of the organization. Yeah, but you're not going to lose. Like, in my opinion, you wouldn't lose him because if he's going to come up, it's it's pretty rare that that young goalie comes up instantly in the starter position and just takes over. It It doesn't happen – that often. But what like, I fear is like the Luongo Schneider situation that happened in Vancouver. Like Lou was the man. Schneider was the up and comer. And within a year after that, you know, the whole, you know, debacle, neither more on the team. <laughs> okay. so, so here's the one thing I got to laugh at. It, and it's not at you, Chris. It's that that Vancouver is the debacle all the time. Like, my God, <laughs> they, they, they look really like they look like they're about to have a powerhouse team. Right. They oh, got all the pieces. Yeah. And then they screw it up so bad. Like that's an organization I feel horrible for, right? Because you get, you get, they, okay, Miller had a good game last night. I saw what he did against the Leafs, helped generate two shorties. Brilliant. But you gave a Bo Horvat, who I would love to have him as a hab or anybody would because he's your complete package center, right? Can win draws, can score goals, can kill penalties, can play physical, right? And they signed JT Miller before they signed him. You, they signed somebody else before their own captain. Like, what were you doing? Now, I also get why they tried to get Ekman Larson um, from the Coyotes because Ekman Larson used to be that physical. Like, so for people that didn't watch him too much, he he would throw body checks against the biggest guys in the league. He would do it. And he was good at it, and he had that beautiful little sneaky wrister that he'd score goals on. But when Tuckett took over the Coyotes, they wanted him, and don't step back, they wanted him to be the captain and step on up, captain. If somebody hits one of your guys, fight. He's not that big of a dude overall. He's not a fighter. Like, he's gritty and tough enough to, to deal with the hard hits and the retaliation, but for God's sakes. 
So I died when they brought Talkie back in as the coach. I'm like, oh, yeah, Ekman Larson's going to love that move. Oh, there's the coach that kind of destroyed my confidence and we're bringing him back. Um, and then they just lost a whole locker room. And you heard their GM say, like, he's not happy with that direction of the team. Now, Demko came back last night healthy and he looked good. Like he's a he's a goaltender in the league that I'm high on that I would have been like, hey, Habs, you get a chance at him, you friggin' snag him, trade some players. See, I would have been him. happy as a Buffalo Saber. I would have been happy to grab Demko, but again, he was injured at the time all of this was happening. Of course, he's yeah. come back with like two days after the trade deadline or a day after. Um, I'd have been very ha- happy, very happy to go after Demko, but it didn't happen. Um, I'm very happy to the moves the Sabers did make and. I know people are giving crap, especially if, uh, some of the stuff that – Steve, you say this all the time about Habs fans and how they just blow shit up and everything. The, the amount of hate I've seen about the Stillman-Bloom trade, I get it. I understand why people may be upset and they're like, oh, well, again – but the people are blown up about the Greenway trade too, right? St- we need a defense. He's a solid defender. Buffalo didn't see a long-term future in Bloom. Bloom's going to be a great player. He's going to be a very good NHL player at some point. But Buffalo isn't looking for the player that's going to be ready here in a couple years. They need somebody who's NHL ready now, and they need a defense. So they made the right trade. So, you know, this could look ugly in a year or two, but Buffalo has been building like this for so long that it's, it's... we're honestly, as Sabres fans, we're really bored of this is really going to be good for us in a couple of years. We need trades that are good for us now. We've been we've waited too long. So I feel like Stillman's the right trade for us now. Will it look bad in a couple of years? Maybe. But right now, I think it's right. the right trade. So, yeah, but you yeah, guys are looking I, you, you guys are like the senators, though. Like you want to make the playoffs knowing that, hey, because my Canadians proved it a few years ago. Right. You got you mm-hmm. can just click at the right time. You get the right breaks. You can go deep in the playoffs. I know both teams want to get in there just to get a taste of playoffs for the young players and get them hungry again, get everybody to buy in, right? Because both of their teams, like, like this, like that's what I'm so freaked out about the East right now, right? Is like the Senators, the Senators and the Sabers are starting to look good. My Canadians injury depleted yet again. They've got a pretty good foundation going on, right? Um. There's teams that eventually right. got to blow up. The Bruins are looking like they're going to be solid, but you got a team like the Panthers sort of floating. You know, like they're not going to do Jeez. anything right now. They're they're kind of stuck, right? right. It, that that part to me is kind of amazing. But like I'm really fascinated by the bottom teams in this division, you know, and like I say, the whole Eastern Conference because watching how they're going to develop. The New Jersey Devils are looking scary now. Right. They just made a couple of good, solid trades that should help improve their team. And to me, again, goaltending will be their their big their main point of concern because you can't routinely give up five and six goals a night. Right. And expect to outscore your opponents. But man, oh, man, it's such like I I like, I, like 10 years ago, the East was considered the weakest division. Right. Or conference. Right. And the West was a powerhouse. It's funny how much that's flopped on over and gone on back. So, um but a few other things I want to bring up, boys. Sorry, I'm running my mouth at this because I was so. Yeah, uh, but, but before you go, Steve, uh, Andrew, I want you to interject because I know you got to go soon. But you were saying something. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was I was just saying, like, yeah, as a Sabres fan, I think, like, 
you know, we're we're done with the whole, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, like, oh, we're in a rebuild and we're looking at like, oh, it's been five years since they've said that. And we've been through like, what, seven coaches. We've been through all these players, you know, like O'Reilly and, you know, Miller. And, you know, we've been through just like so many just like short term relationships that's just like just tell us you're going to get it done and just show us, you know, like stop, you know, stop with the excuses. You know what I mean? It's just like enough is enough. Like, you know, like we're not the wild where I don't want bad contracts again. You know, I don't want, you know, like drafting, you know, good guys and having them leave at the end of their, you know, ELC, like just show us something, please. You know? Well, Chris brought up a point about your, your one owner that, you know, is no longer that involved this season. And how is it, how's right. it worked out for your organization? Right. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, I, I mean, just let, yeah. I mean, just like, just let the hockey minds do the work. And I mean, again, no offense to the Pagulas, but it's like, honestly, when you own, like, you know, you own the women's pro team, you own the bills, you own the Sabres. It's like, you can't tell me that you know enough about every single freaking sport to make, you know, like make the right decisions. Right. So it's just like, well, and then they let, bailed on the, the Buffalo Buttes. You know, the the second right, really yeah. beneficial to them just bailed on. So I thought that right. was a weak move, but right. But yeah. I mean, how, but, I mean, have the Sabers have the Sabers been beneficial to them over the last how many years? Like no way. Like there's no like, no way. You know. So yeah. that those are my thoughts. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do have to jump off. But yeah, those are my thoughts. I mean, I just like just show us, right? Just like I, I don't want to be a Toronto fan base where it's like, oh, we're gonna make these awesome moves, and then you know you're telling you know Dubis, you're telling us great things, and then nothing happens. Like just show us. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, but yeah, I know since you got to jump off, uh, Andrew, we do want to thank you again for jumping on today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having and- me anytime. Yeah. No, and absolutely. I'm, I'm, and everyone. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and yeah, I'm looking forward to see this last little bit, the Sabres and the Senators push, because they're the games. It's kind of funny that I'm watching right now because I want to see how they're performing against these teams. You know, because I yeah. would love to watch them knock out the two, uh, you know, the two wild card spots. Because right now, like I'm all about watching fun hockey, and the Senators and Sabers are playing fun hockey. Like it's fun right. to watch. So yeah, I really they are forward. there, but he he's got to go. I do. I'll jump on again with you guys, and we can continue the convo. So that's that sounds good. You can jump off whenever you need to here, and I'll do awesome. the, the the outro here. Um, awesome. But uh, thanks, guys. No problem. Have a good one, Andrew. And uh, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish you get on a future podcast. Also, make sure you give a listen to the Everything Junior Hockey podcast. It's new and up and coming, so you can get a lot of great information out of it. But also make sure to follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast or on Twitter at PHH Official or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.